The Voice of the Black and Amber. Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Jadwick's Kilkenny and Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM for Top Class Sport. Well, on Sunday the 19th of September, you're welcome to TalkSport here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City. Nicky Brennan in the hot seat with you. I'm feeling a little bit groggy, so the old voice is not what it... But I have Liam Kelly O'Rourke and uh, Pat Tracy in the studio to give me a dig out. Well, it was a busy weekend, not quite as busy as we had expected. We had two postponements in the Senior Hurling League final round. Bennis Bridge versus Rory Nestig. We send our condolences there to the Gallivan family in uh, Nestig and we... Well, and the battle there in zone was also off to send our condolences to the other wire family on the uh, the death of that family is the reason why it was called off family comes before sport and that's why those games were off but we had four games in the senior hurling championship we will have discussions and reports on those coming up James Stevens and Liz Downey was in Park Acton in Freshford Dick Sporner Lachlan Gales was in uh, UPMC Northern Park Shamrocks Valley Hale and Tullerone was in John Lock Park and Callan and Clara and Greg Valley Callan was out in Dales Fort. We'll be chatting to people about that in a short while. The minor A hurling semi-finals took place this weekend out in the MW Hare Centre in Dunmore yesterday morning. It was Dixborough and uh, James Stevens who did battle. Kieran Nery has a report for us on that match. I was there this morning for Tulliher, Ross Birkin versus Bennis Bridge. We'll hear that report in a while too. There was other minor games on at the weekend and under 13 uh, A1 games. We'll talk about those later on. We'll get you the results. And we also had the under 13 A county final and historic win for Airden Zone over Dixborough. I have a report for you on that game and we'll talk to the Airden Zone manager, David Buggy. John Corrigan will be with us for the usual soccer roundup. Lots of soccer taking place this weekend. We'll kill that team now. And uh, also Liam Kelly O'Rourke will be with us, uh, not in a short while, with all the other roundup of sports and uh, we'll get Seamus Brophy on the phone because there was a racing in Listall this afternoon so lots going on we'll bring you more sport because there was some we're in the season of county finals now at this stage so there were some county finals taking place around the country and we will touch on those as well Okay, we'll start with the game in uh, Park Lockton in Freshford and then we'll talk to Kieran Muldowney who was covering the game in uh, UPMC London Park for his Dixborough versus O'Loughlin Gales. But here's how the game in uh, St. Lock Park Lockton in Freshford went between Liz Downey and James Stevens. St. Canis's Credit Union Senior Hurling League. Liz Downey 12 points, James Stevens 12 points. Both Liz Downey and James Stevens had ample chances to win the points in this St. Canis's Credit Union Senior Hurling League tie in Freshford on Sunday afternoon. But some wayward shooting from both teams and especially from the city side ensured that the points were shared. A draw was probably the fairest outcome at the finish as neither side stamped clear authority on the game at any stage. Liz Downey, favoured by the breeze in the opening half, played well during that period and deservedly led at the interval 11 points to 7. James Stevens were heavily dependent on Owen Gilfile for their first half scores, with their corner forward hitting six of his side seven points, the other coming from Keane Kenny. Liz Downey, on the other hand, had a greater mix of scores and hit some delightful points from distance through Brian Cavan and Michael Kenny in the opening five minutes of the game. Last year's intermediate champions adapted well to the breeze, with Niall Brennan and Dylan Jordan landing two further long-distance points. Although Owen Gilfile was continuing to pop over the freeze for James Stevens, he missed a couple of place balls in the first half, which he would have converted on another day. The sides were level seven points each on 22 minutes, when Vinnie Fitzpatrick availed of loose play into James Stevens' half of the pitch to edge his side ahead once again. Liz Downey finished the first half impressively with points from Michael Kenny of free. Conor O'Carroll and another from Michael Kenny this time from play, to still Liz Downey lead by four points at the interval. 
Aided by the breeze, James Stevens played their best hurling during the opening 10 minutes of the second half. Two-pointed freeze from Owen Gilfile narrowed the margin and the game was all square when Shane Donoghue from distance to Algo Dwyer and Keane Kenny pointed for the city side. The village men were dominant at this stage of the game but could not continue their onward momentum, failing to score from the 10 minutes of the second half. It was not that they did not have enough chances to trouble the scoreboard. 17 wides over the hour tells its own story, but James Stevens will be disappointed not to have scored during the closing 20 minutes of the game when they enjoyed plenty of possession. A pointed free for Maiden Tallis in the 17th minute of the second half tied the game. That was Liz Downey's only score of the second half and they too will be disappointed at missing some good match-winning opportunities. With 13 wise over the 60 minutes, Liz Downey will also have plenty to work on in training in advance of the first round of the championship. Final score from Freshford, Liz Downey 12 points, James Stevens 12 points. Yeah, that was the game I was at today and yeah, there was some oh, very much wayward shooting there. Liam Kelly wrote James Stevens. Um, you'll be disappointed with that. They, they didn't get that one over the line. Yeah, just having heard nothing and seen nothing just the scoreline alone is worrying I mean just chatting off the air Nicky they were okay in the first half Liz Downey were okay second half very very poor not taking their chances and um, you could say look the, the common phrase is it's only the league but you can't turn form on and off like a tap you need to be motoring into the championship so it's a, it's a bit of a worry OK, well, there was a big game on in UPMC Nolan Park today. It was the clash of uh, City Rivals, Zixborough and O'Loughlin Gales. Kieran Muldowney was at that for us, Kieran, and um, I was listening to little bits of your reports uh, as it was over in uh, Fresh for today. How did you make up? What did you make of the game? Yeah, um, a fairly tight, tense game, Nicky, obviously, between two City neighbours. Um, uh, O'Loughlin's put in a very, very strong second half, and in particular a very strong uh, last quarter. You know, they won the second half, won 10 to 5 points. They finished with 1-4 without reply from the 51st minute. Uh, so it indicates that they, you know, they were determined and they finished strongly anyway. The Borough started well. Uh, they led by 4 points to 2 after 8 minutes. Bill Sheen, Liam Moore, Mark Nolan to the fore with the scoring there. And the Rocklands were struggling. Uh, they were playing Paddy Deegan as part of a two-man full forward line. Uh, to me, it didn't seem to work, but you could understand what they were trying to do, uh, which it just led to a very congested area out around the middle, and the Borough were winning that. Uh, their, their attack was threatening, and the Rocklands, Mark Bergen was keeping them in, in it with scores, both from play and from freeze. Uh, just on the water break then, Andy Gaffney got a goal for Dixborough. Uh, some great work by uh, the two Nolans, Mark and Aidan, as they worked the ball in. And um, Tom Kenny was involved in the earlier stages of the move, but it came to Bill Sheen, who worked it across to Andy Gaffney, and he just lifted and struck it into the net without catching it. One six to five points in favour of the Borough at the water break. Immediately on the resumption, then Jack Nolan got a goal for O'Loughlin's. Now, Dixborough had been trying to play the passing game, working it out of defence in possession. O'Loughlin's turned it over and Jack finished from close range. And they followed this with a point straight away from Mark Bergen. 1-6 all after 22 minutes. Um, from there to half time, then the Borough had the better of a two-chain steps to increase. And a great team score um, of the four or five different players finished by Mark Nolan. Uh, to which Hugh Lawler replied for O'Loughlin uh, he was very very good at centre back but it was 1-9 to 1-7 to the Borough at half time O'Loughlin's owned at the early stages of the second half and within three minutes they had turned the two point deficit into a one point lead a point from a free and one from play from Mark Bergen and another from Hugh Lawler getting the three scores the Borough then woke up and settled it a bit four consecutive frees from Shane Stapleton they led 1-13 to 1-10 at the second half water break Following the break then, Owen Wall and Mark Bergen pointed for O'Loughlin's and Mark Bergen added a free. 
113 apiece after 50 minutes. Timmy Clifford then put the borough in front, 114 to 113. Looked like a score that might launch them into a victory, but it turned out to be their final score. And from there, then Jack Nolan uh, got on the end of a good team move. Robbie Buckley was brilliant, came in along the end line, uh, played it across. Paddy Deegan had the initial shot, kind of half blocked, Wayne Minogan the goal saved it, but Jack Nolan finished the rebound. His second goal of the game from a fellow playing midfield. Good day's work for him. Mark Burden followed it immediately with a free. Owen O'Shea then got two consecutive points, one from 80 yards, a brilliant score, and then one from the centre-forward position following good work by uh, Owen Wall. And just to round it all off, then Conor Kelly pointed a free deep into injury time. Mark Bergen had gone off at that stage. So 217 to 114 in favour of the Lachlan's Nicky. And uh, from listening to you talking to Pat during the afternoon, the tactical playing Paddy Deegan up front is, um, you wouldn't be advising it to be tried again. Ah, look, I, I said it all. I, I never, you know, question why selectors do anything. You can see, Olakins obviously have problems in their forwards or felt that they need to bolster their forwards from the first two games. They made five changes today, right? And one of the five personnel and a number of positional changes. One of the positionals was putting Paddy in full forward and setting one wall as a two man full forward line. And uh, I mentioned the past that Paddy came out for about the last six or seven minutes, he came out to midfield and had more positions in those six or seven minutes than he had when he was forward. Look, it was worth a try. To my mind, it didn't work. I, I'm not so sure they'll try it again. But, y- you know, you want to let like Paddy Deegan out the field and on the ball, I think. OK, Kieran, thanks for that. We appreciate that. OK. OK, thanks for that, Kieran Maldoni. We'll get uh, Barry Henriquez on the line now and we'll see um, what he has to say about a team that's more than likely gone in as the favourites tag. But before we go to Liam Kelly-Rogue for a sports roundup. The halftime score from the round, uh, from the minor B six, um, game taking place this evening is Donamagan 212, that's 18 points, Roaring Steeg 5 points. So clearly uh, Donamagan there in the ascendancy. The other Another quarterfinal of that took place today and it saw Tullerone defeat St. Martins after extra time, 222, which is 28 points. 227 points for uh, St. Martins. So, um, big score there in that game, but went all the way to uh, extra time. We'll talk to Liam Kelly Rook. We'll have um, other sports for us now, and we'll get Barry on the line to talk about Shamrock's Bally Hale and Tullerone. Yeah, and in the Premier League, then there's 85 minutes gone between Spurs and Chelsea. Chelsea lead by two goals to nil. Um, Earlier on then, Brighton had a 2-1 victory over Leicester City, while Manchester United threw goals from Cristiano Ronaldo and Jesse Lingard defeated West Ham United at the London Stadium by two goals to one. Uh, meanwhile then uh, the Kilkenny rugby team were in action yesterday they, t- they took on Gorey unfortunately they went down by 23 points to 18 there was no success, uh, success either for the seconds as they suffered defeat to the same opposition in the golf and the Fortnite championship leading the way um, actually top joint top of the leaderboard ahead of this evening's final round is Jim Conus he's on 14 under par and he's on the joined on the top of the leaderboard by the same score uh, with Maverick McNeely they're two shots clear of the field then looking at the Dutch Open that came to a finish earlier on today uh, winning that three shots clear of the field was Christopher Broberg the Swede he finished three shots clear of the German Matthias Schmid Looking at the Irish players then, Niall Kearney was best of the Irish tight for 12th on 12 under par. And uh, Jason Shugru, the amateur, also played in that event. He finished on one over par. Yeah, of course. And uh, the Irish ladies uh, today, they uh, won the rugby against Italy. 
Yeah, and there was plenty of action going on over the course of the weekend. Rugby-wise, Nicky, we had um, the rugby championship yesterday and then that fine win for the Irish women today. So, plenty not sure, did you, I was like writing notes and did you mention Nicky Kenny Rugby Club results yet? Yeah. You mentioned so, okay. p- good performances, disappointing results. Okay. All right, uh, Liam, thanks for that. Yeah, we have Barry Henriquez on the line now and he was watching. I have no doubt what he's going to say are the championship favourites in Kilkenny, but is that a big surprise? It's the Shamrocks Ballyhale, Barry. No, indeed, Nicky, you're dead right. And, you know, we all made a huge mistake. We're gambling money in there on greyhounds and we're dependent on the presidential pins and we're dependent on the knowledge of supposed knowledgeable people. And we're all gambling. And at the end of the day, we didn't do the right gamble. This morning was the time to ring the bookies before this match started in John Lock Park. Like, it was an unbridled pleasure to be in the, up in the John Lock Park today. You know, just to witness... It was an exhibition of the, the noble art of hurling. And, like, as most people around us said at the time, Jason the Great, hurling is back. This is, this is, this is walking us all up because hurling is still a super game. And when it's played like it was in John Locke Park today, it was unblemished. It was by one team, John, uh, the, the Shamrocks. They were absolutely outstanding. Yeah, I thought they were anyway. But, um,. You know, the and they were down, and they were down a few players as well. I think they were down. Yeah, there were certainly Adrian Mullen didn't play anyway. That's for sure. But but the, all the rest of them were there. Like and it was an exhibition. It was an exhibition of hurling. Uh, and that's not to down to denigrate what Tullerone. Tullerone tried as hard as they were able, Nicky. And and like somebody even suggested they were uh, they were they tried as hard as they were allowed. Well, I think that's been a little bit disingenuous to Tullerone. They tried as hard as they were able, but they just met a team that was fully on their game absolutely fully on their game a team that who you know their their fundamentals were accuracy personified everything they touched today was had the Midas touch to it and to to perfection you know and I was like the big crowd that were at it obviously because of the two matches that were postponed I presume a lot of people uh, came to John Locke Park today as an alternative to their Sunday afternoon hurling but you know um, when you look at and, and and I have to say this, and I'm not a great, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm very hard on referees times, but I would have to say this: that Peter Burke certainly, certainly made a big contribution to the game, to the excellence of the game that was in front of us, you know, because uh, on my reckoning, uh, Nicky, I could be wrong here, but the first free in my on my stats anyway. It was about the 18, the 16 or 17 minutes. It was a 65 by Shane Welch that went over the bar, you know. But consider the stats. Kilkenny or uh, Shamrock's Nicky had 10 of their starters had score, were scorers. And the sub, Liam Barnley, came on. He also scored. So that was 11 out of 16. And that's some, stat, some statistic for, you know, for the game itself. You know what I mean? I, I, I thought it was brilliant. As... Uh, at the first water break, at the first water break, the Shamrocks were nine points to four in front. Thanks in, to no, uh, to, in, in a greater, to a greater, in a greater degree, to Brian Cody, who between the eighth and the eleventh minute shot four immaculate points without a ploy. TJ Reid was superb. The Shamrocks team were moving, moving, moving. There were poetry in motion. Their half back line, Evan Shefflin and uh, Richie Reid and Dara Corker. They all scored. Corkin got three points. Richie Reid and, and Shefflin got a point apiece. You know, it says something for that. But the the, the uh, Tullerone attack were really, really, really hamstrung when the ball was in that area. 
at, at half time the Shamrocks are the Shamrocks led by 13 points to 3 uh, which was a big lead but the big the, the big problem started late, uh, in the just before um, just before the water break in the second half two goals one by Colin Fennelly and the other by uh, Owen Cody were uh, in in um, the matter a matter of 60 seconds now there's no doubt in the world about it the um, the Shamrocks are leading at that stage before Owen Cody's first goal by 20 points to 7 and like you'd have to say that they were done and dusted but there's no doubt that the two goals in quick succession and they were orchestrated by players like great hurlers like TJ Reid and Colin Fenley and Owen Cody and they gelled so well I mean Cody's goal started with TJ Reid on his own half back line he got the ball out he got the ball out to uh, to uh, to Colin and Fenley. Fenley made a run and a reverse hand pass, the likes of which you'd only see in a circus, really. A reverse hand pass, but it was perfectly laid off to uh, Cody, and Cody had no problem in burying it in the back to the, in the back of the net. And within the minute, the whole process started again, back way back, and that was the that was the secret, I think, for the for the, the Shamrock lads. Their, their possession game was perfect; it was inch perfect. And and you know, at the end of the day. You know, they were free spirits. This was the Shamrocks team that we know. This is the Shamrocks team that are the reigning Kilkenny County champions. This is the Shamrocks team that are the reigning All-Ireland Club champions. And I hate to say this because they'll probably say, oh, Barry, shut your mouth. But I hate to say it because I tell you, I don't want to preempt an awful lot, but this is the Shamrocks team that, in my opinion, will win the county title. And in my opinion, there's a team in the land that beat them. On what I saw today, they were that good, Nicky. Their scores, listen to this, Owen Reid, two points. Owen Cody, one step. Brian Cody, four points. TJ Reid, seven points, three from three. Dara Corcoran, three. Colin Fenley, a goal at two. Ronan Corcoran, a point. Richie Reid, a point. Joe Cody, a point. Liam Barnes, a point. That tells the story, Nicky. Absolutely. Barry... That's good. I think uh, we'll uh, we'll have to. Uh, well, we never felt they were gone away, but I think they're coming back with a vengeance. Barry, thanks for that as always. Okay, thanks for that, Barry. Okay, take care. Okay, that's Barry. We'll take a break in a moment, and we'll try and get Dave O'Neill on the phone then to chat about Clara versus Greg Valley Callan. But before we do. Some county final results down in Wexford. The Rapparees won uh, their first title in ages. They defeated St. Anne's today. Huge score for them. 6-18 to St. Anne's 1-17. Down in Carlow, Mount Leinster Rangers attained their title. 24 points to St. Mullins of 16. Mount Leinster Rangers are coached by Conor Phelan who's a Kenny senior selector and down in Kerry we might chat to Pat in a moment uh, he'll be back in the studio in a second Kilmiley 114 St Brendan's Artfert 111 we'll take a break I meant to actually ask Barry Henriquez but we'll get him again because the famous Jimmy Greaves uh, died today so um, Barry would probably have known a little bit about more about Jimmy Greaves than indeed any of us but we'll uh, get to him again on that we'll take a break and we'll get Dave O'Neill on the phone after that The Voice of the Black and Amber Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM Jadwick Kilkenny and Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM for Top Class Sports Yes you're very welcome back to uh, our Community Radio Kilkenny City Sunday evening talk sport here and the last of the senior games today was out in Dens Fort it saw Clara defeat Greg Bally Callan by 28 points to 116 um, and Dave O'Neill really that would indicate to me that Clara had a firm grip on the game how did you see it from obviously wearing a Greg Bally Callan perspective? I thought that you you put it well there, Nicky. In fairness, um, I thought they, you know we we had a we had the the aid of the breeze in the first half, and 
and the first water break, um, to the eleven game, one three to six points. Um, somewhat a goal for ourselves, somewhat again the run of play, but a well worked goal from Jesse Roberts. Uh, Flowers win at the water break uh, level, and for the next three quarters, Carroll scored us by three points in every quarter. So they did take a firm grip, and they, they, they you know, they were always able to keep that scoreboard ticking over. And there were three points up at half time, there were six points up at the water break, and nine points up in the end. So. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. They, they look. Uh, they look to be a strong team, Dave. Uh, judging by their, I haven't seen it now, but judging by their performances today, Clara yeah. would seem to be uh, going pretty well. Yeah, they're a fine, big, strong bunch of guys, and they're a big unit. Just see them up there before the game. Uh, they're, they're, they're big men, but they, you know they're, they're holders as well. You know what I mean, and they're playing to a system. Your own uh, guys now have a bit of work to do to um, maybe just get their get their their heads right for the first round of the championship now, which is in two weeks' time. Well, she'll do what I know at this stage, Nicky, for all clubs. Uh, at the end of the day now, it's winner takes all every day. So, you just, if you're hiding out in the game from the young man, you'll find yourself in bother. So, it's, it's, we're no different to any other club. A few injuries at the moment, and well, a few guys sick. So, you know, we'll, 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 we'll get ourselves going over the next part, and we'll, we'll face we'll And with win. everything happening so quickly, clubs don't get much time to kind of regroup if there's injuries and that. I think clubs, we've heard it today with some of the other clubs as well, they, they, they just have to get on with it, and hopefully that their panel strength will take them through. Uh, this is the the world we live in. It's going to be that way now from now on. When you have the two split seasons, so this is the new this is the new novel, and you know it's going to be very hard. You get a you know you get a dead leg at the moment. You could miss well, you might miss a game. You could miss three games. You know what I mean? So like the games are coming ticket fast at our levels, and that's the reality. And depth depth in your panel will have an awful bearing going forward for our club teams. Absolutely, Dave. Look, thanks for joining us this evening. We appreciate your help today. Thanks very much. OK, that's Dave O'Neill out from uh, Greg Belly Callan. Uh, saw Clara win there. Very impressively, Clara have been so far. They won that game 28 points to 1-16. Now, the two games that have been postponed, Venice Bridge versus the Royal Institute and Mundavet versus Aaron Zone, they'll take place next Saturday, as far as I know. And, of course, uh, Community Radio Kenny City will be covering those games. Somewhere or another, come hell or high water, we'll be there. The minor A semi-finals, well, they took place this weekend and they both took place out in the MW Hearst Centre in Dunmore. The first game was the City Derby between Dixborough and James Stevens. Kieran Nary was in duty for us at that game. The Honda Centre Ryan A under-17 semi-final took place in Dunmore on Saturday morning between City rivals James Stevens and Dixborough. James Stevens started the British with a Jack Kelly goal to leave it a goal to no score after a minute, but Dixborough responded through... Kyle Maher and Matthew Keller to leave a two points to a goal after three minutes. The impressive Ed McDermott then added three points to leave it one three to two points after eight minutes before Harry Shine tapped over three points of his own to leave a five five points to one three after 16 minutes. Then James Stevens got in for their second goal through Sean Casey who was causing a lot of problems for the Dixborough full back lane to leave a two three to five points at the first water break. Dixborough responded then through another Harry Shine free to leave it two three to six points, but Ed McDermott quickly responded with another free to leave it two four to six. Then came the score of the first half where the impressive Sean Casey took on three Dixborough defenders and looked as though he had run out of catches and space, but off the hurl of his left hand side slotted it over, give James Stevens a two five to six points lead at half time. Dixborough rallied the troops at, at half time and Billy Fitzpatrick came out of the blocks with a Dixborough goal to leave it 2-5 to 1-6 in the 31st minute. Ed McDermott then tapped over another free to leave it 2-6 to 1-6 before Billy Fitzpatrick added another pint for Dixborough to leave it 2-6 to 1-7. Then a well-worked Dixborough goal, the impressive Mikey Raggett who was introduced at half time cut through to James Stevens' defence, popped the pass out to Harry Shine who found himself in open space 
and he rifled the ball low to the James Stevens net to leave it to put Dixborough into the lead for the first time 2-7-2-6 in the 35th minute Harry Shine then pointed from play and followed it up with, a, with two frees to leave it 2-10-2-6 before the impressive 15-year-old Michael Steins came up the pitch from half-back and scored the best score of the second half to leave it 2-11-2-7 for Dixborough before Ed McDermott pointed another free to leave it 2-11-2-7 at the second water break Dixborough outscoring James Stevens 2-5-2 points in the third quarter it was all Dixborough again in the, in the fourth quarter with points from Harry Shine, Conor Cavanagh, Billy Fitzpatrick and Matthew Kelher before James Stevens responded with two impressive points by the young Jacob Breslin to leave it 2.15 to 2.9 before Mikey Raggett got in for Dixborough's third goal and absolutely thunderbolt to the top corner to leave it 3.15 to 2.9 but James Stevens credit to him they fought on and scored their third goal of the game to leave it final score 315 to 3-9 Dixborough now go on to the final to await the winners of the Tullaher versus Bennett's Bridge semi-final yeah that was Kieran there yeah right good game I enjoyed that very much yesterday there uh, good good effort by James Stevens in the first half but they certainly left it all on the field but I'm afraid Dixborough to be fair when they regrouped at half time they came out with all gun blazing as uh, those two substitutions Mikey Raggett and Evan Murphy were important to them but uh, they played really well and definitely deserved it um, the second semi-final was actually on this morning and it was uh, Tuller and Venice Bridge here's how that game went Kilkenny Honda Centre Minor A Hurling Semi-Final Tuller Ross Berkin 4-17 Venice Bridge 10 points Unlike Saturday's first semi-final of the Kilkenny Honda Centre Minor A Championship between Dixborough and James Stevens, which was competitive for 40 or 45 minutes The second semi-final between Tuller Ross Berkin and Venice Bridge on Sunday morning at the MW Hurst Centre Dunmore was effectively decided by the first water break when Tuller led by 10 points Venice Bridge were forced to line out without 2021 Kilkenny Minor fullback Bill Hughes who was nursing a shoulder injury His absence was a big loss to Venice Bridge but given the strength of the Tuller side throughout the pitch the Southerners would almost certainly still have secured a comfortable victory an early pointed free from Timmy Kelly put the bridge ahead for the one and only time in the game within a minute another of this year's Kilkenny minor hurlers Danny Glennon he equalised from a free for Tulliher and they never looked back after that score three goals in a seven minute spell before the first water break put Tulliher in firm control of the game the first came from impressive wing farmer Marty Murphy who plucked the slitter out of the sky from a puck out and ran 50 metres to score the second came from Danny Glennon after a neat pass from Niall Mooney while the third was also scored by Marty Murphy after a good build-up play among several attackers. Venice Bridge never recovered from those three goals, and while they were more competitive in the second quarter, goals were required to narrow the margin between the teams. And with Tuller defenders Cahal Murphy and Glar Murphy commanding in central roles, few scoring chances came the bridge's way. Timmy Kelly was an airing from freeze for the bridge, but it took until the 25th minute for them to notch their first score from play, a point from Charlie Fitzgerald. It got no better for Venice Bridge in the second half, despite the side working hard to get back into the game. Points from Jack Campen and two Paddy Walsh points narrowed the margin, but a fourth Tuller Osbergen goal from Danny Glennon ensured that there was no way back for the bridge boys. Tuller's physical strength in key positions was key to their impressive performance. With an abundance of strong hurlers in their team, their work rate and accommodation play were superior to their opponents. Marty Morty continued to impress in the fourth quarter, grabbing two more pints, and so too did team captain Danny Glennon, who was a constant threat all through the game. Three pints from Venice Bridge midfielder Jack Campion was just reward for a strong second half performance from the young player. Dick Spurler will rightly enter the upcoming county final as favourites, but what a great achievement for Tuller Rosberg to have reached a minor 
away final. The Southerners have a strong central spine in their team and they are not lacking in confidence as evidenced by Sunday's impressive semi-final performance against Bennisbridge. Final score from the MW Hire Centre, Tullahoros Birkin 4-17, Bennisbridge 10 points. Yeah, good win there. Very impressed I was by Tullahoros Birkin. Of course, Dixborough will provide an altogether different challenge. I might have said that the central spine of the Tullahoros defence was Cahal Murphy and Lar Murphy. Of course, that should have been Cahal Mooney who was where it's playing at full-back. Some very fine hurlers on that team was taken out. Marty Murphy could pluck balls out of the air very impressed and of course Danny Glennon who excelled for Kilkenny this year Benespeed tried and tried and of course the absence of Bill Hughes injured uh, with a shoulder injury couldn't play that was a big big loss to them but well done to both teams for a very enjoyable game well yesterday afternoon in MW Hire Centre in Dunmore Community Radio Kilkenny City brought you live coverage of the Kilkenny under 13 a county final and historic day it was for Airden's own as they uh, clipped uh, Dixborough to win the title in extra time here's how the game went Dublin Steel under 13A Hurling County Final earned zone 18 points Dixborough 112 it took extra time to separate two well-coached teams at this enthralling Dublin Steel under 13A Hurling County Final at Sundrench MW Hire Centre Dunmore yesterday afternoon the young players from both teams deserved the highest of praise for serving up a classic county final in the warm conditions it was an historic day for the earned zone club as victory brought the first ever under 13 under 14 title to the parish during extra time it even looked like we were heading for the dreaded penalty shootout such an outcome would certainly not have been welcomed by the respective teams and their large travelling support. Even having to play extra time was hardly fair on the two teams as everybody present would happily have returned to the MW Hire Centre next Saturday for a replay. But the regulations, hopefully for the last time, stipulated that extra time and penalties, if required, would determine the outcome of 2021 Championship Games. Owen Brennan has been the go-to player for Aaron Zone thus far in the 2021 Championship and from an early stage he stamped his undoubted skill on this game. Mind you, Dixborough recognised Brennan's threat from an early stage and the deployment of midfielder Dan Cardell as an extra defender cut out a lot of ball to the Aaron's own attacker. Carroll got plenty of help from all six Borough defenders, especially Josh Jowling, Conor Tynan and Jack Tracy. The Borough got the first score to rush in Henderson, but three points in a row followed from Owen Brennan to edge the corner side ahead. They were the better side during the opening quarter with Tristan Daly, a powerhouse at centre-back, and Luke Connery adding further points for the winners. Three more Owen Brennan points, one from a free sword and zone lead, eight points to three and 24 minutes. And they were on top at that stage. Certainly on the scoreboard, but not completely for general play, where the Borough saw plenty of the ball but struggled for scores. That all changed in the 26th minute when Joe Dowling scored a Dixborough goal with a smashing ground shot after the ball was delivered in behind the Aaron's own defence. Owen Brennan pulled a point back for Aaron's own from a free and the first half ended with Samuel John O'Shea pointing a free for the Borough to see them trail their opponents 9 points to 1-4 at half time. A brace of Owen Brennan points from frees for Aaron's own pushed the margin out to 4 points early in the second half. Dixborough came much more into the game at that stage with midfielder Samuel John O'Shea outstanding. The young lad must have covered every inch of the BMW hair pitch. He was simply terrific. O'Shea's influence saw the Borough add three points with another coming from Owen Moore, whose move out the field from full forward worked well. Those four points saw the team's level at the second water break. O'Shea was again to the fore at the start of the fourth quarter, pointing a free to put his side ahead by the narrowest of margins. He appeared to have grabbed another to edge his side three points ahead, but referee Conor Everard overruled his umpires and declared O'Shea's effort a wide. Despite the heroics of the Dixborough defence, Owen Brennan landed four unanswered points in a five-minute spell towards the end of normal time, and this looked like securing the title for the Comerbys. But in the six minutes of added time, Samuel John O'Shea pointed two frees with unerring accuracy to send the game to extra time. The energy-sapping encounter took its toll on the young players in extra time. Both sides were struggling for scores, and unfortunately for the Borough, they lost Samuel John O'Shea to cramp, and with their most influential player off the field, his loss was a big handicap to the city side. 
Owen Brennan pushed the winners back into the lead eight minutes into the first period of at a time and while Dixburg continued to press forward, James Brennan, John Brennan and especially Aaron Phelan stood firm in the Erden's own rearguard with resolute defending. The roaming defensive play from Kevin Boogie all through the game also made a big contribution to his side's victory. Erden's own moved Owen Brennan out towards midfield during the second half of at a time and this move significantly lessened the threat from the Dixborough attack. The winners made the game safe with two further points late in at a time from Connor Boogie and yet another Owen Brennan pointed free, his 15 point in total. An impressive return from the young Castlecomer lad. This was a terrifically enjoyable under 30 day county final with stars aplenty on both teams. It is clearly unfair to mark down any individual player as a future star at this stage, but I expect a few of those on show yesterday in Dunmore to enjoy even bigger days in the years ahead. Final score from the MW Hare Centre Dunmore, Erdens on 18 pints, Dixborough 112. Yeah, what a pleasure to be there on that game and to broadcast it here on Community Radio Kilkenny City with thanks to David Buggy Motors. Main key dealers here in Kilkenny and just a puck of a ball down the road from us here. Just a text in from our friend Benjamin Neesham. He says, good evening, Nicky. Uh, he said, he hopes I'm feeling better soon. Yeah, a bit groggy, but it'll be all right. It sounds as though the Shermucks are back. It sure does, Benjamin. But have they ever gone away? No, they haven't. Well done to Lachlan Gales for the response to last week's and congrats to Kilmiley on a hard-earned success in Kilkenny from Benjamin. That man knows he's hurling no matter what county it's in. We'll talk to Pat, he's just with a guest outside at the moment. We'll talk about that Kerry match and uh, another text in says, Darren Paddy and Adrian Mullen didn't play today for the Shamrocks. So there you go. Ominous signs there that they're really coming good. Well, after the big game in uh, Dunmore yesterday, I spoke to Davy Boogie because he was not just a very gracious sponsor for Community Radio Kilkenny City's Outside Broadcast, he was also the manager of the Erden's own team. And he had his own son, Connor, on it. So what a wonderful occasion, winning their first ever under-13 title. And that included under-14 because 13 is now the new 14, if you know what I mean. Well, Davy Boogie, the manager and coach of Erden's own county under-13A county champions. It's a great feel to that. Oh, it is, Nicky. Like, it's our first time as a club to win it, and we're delighted. We never won the previous under-14, which is currently the under-13. So for us, the like, club is brilliant, yeah, yeah, yeah. A terrific game from start to finish and uh, going to extra time. Maybe a little bit unfair on non-13 players to go to extra time, but I was really fearing if it was going to go to penalties. That would have been not right. No, it wouldn't be a nice way to lose, and not a nice way for the Borough to lose either in extra time. A lot of lads cramping. I'm going to injure them pretty. Probably the best thing they could have done was in a day was in it to blow it up and bring us back together next week. But look, we knew the rules. That was going to be the way I had to finish today, and we, we got there and in the end, you know. Well, clearly you had the outstanding Owen Brennan playing for you from play and from freeze. He was a go-to player. Now the Borough made a decent job of handling him at times and playing the sweeper back. Young Carroll at, in the half-back line, they did well. But ultimately, when you look back at this year's championship, he's your, without doubt your key player. Oh, without a doubt. Look, we hadn't got home for two and a half years there, and he came along today, and he was for the last couple of games. And otherwise, after scoring, probably after scoring five goals and twenty or thirty odd points, and uh, again, oh, without a doubt, uh, Don, Dan Carroll done a great job in front of him. Josh Stolen man marked really well. The best way, the, hard, the best job's done them all year. But he's an exceptionally talented, good young lad. He's gone off for an operation in a month's time, and he'll come back again. Oh, he'll hopefully sounder again. It's great for a club because there's surely something to build now because this is a great basis for going forward. Ah, uh, yeah, we've been good this year under 15A. We were competitive and under 13A. And look, for the club, if you're playing in A, I always said it. It improves that a bit. Even though every club country can play in A, but we've always been trying to play in A, and that's the aspiration of the club. You know, it's a great for yourself that you had your own lad Connor playing today, and uh, the whole family connection there. That's that makes it even more special now that the game is over in one Ah, it is look he done his bit and he tried hard and he works hard for the team and that's what you, that's all you want to have a young lad and look I've been training them by since they're five years of age and it's a, it's a great relief to get something over at the end of it all you know yeah and uh, but the game from start to finish they had ebbed and flowed and at times both teams looked like they might be going to win it but I think at the end of the day you just had the edge overall yeah maybe so but the last five minutes we were two down we ended up going two back up and they got two frees but look I think look we, we just we just seemed to they got a few injuries and the, the young Sam and young O'Shea got injured 
Samuel was shaking injured and that was a big loss to him going off in extra time and I think our main man in Owen Brennan came really good in extra time we ran out to the middle of the field he won a lot of ball you know, you know. yeah I think that was a key move the fact that he came back he was even in the full back line grabbing a ball at one stage but that was good touch by yourselves on the sideline to spot that that was necessary yeah we wanted to bring him to the middle of the field and we talked about normal time then we said he might get a score from the forwards when he did come to the middle of the field for the last 10 minutes of the game he's exceptional but again James Brennan was brilliant full back all the full back line in, in Aaron Field and Tristan Daly centre back and, and lads in the forwards work like dogs keep up there and that's uh, that's that's why we're here today winning you know and Debbie before we let you go we want to thank you community radio Kenny City for uh, your support today with this uh, live broadcast it was a new venture for us supposed to go live with another 13 final but we certainly picked the right one to do it oh 100% look Nicky and again I like supporting the local radio and that especially that's close to my heart they been so close to me as well and Ned's coming along the line I'll be supporting it again yeah. thanks Davey good luck and thank celebrate you. thanks very much good luck yeah, that's Davy Boogie, and delighted he was. And indeed, there was a huge crowd in uh, at the in the MW Hearst Centre in uh, Dunmore yesterday. And as I said, it was tough going uh, going to extra time because uh, Dixborough lost their key man, young Samuel John O'Shea, in the middle of the field. A terrific young hurler. He was just worn out, got a bit of cramp, and wasn't able to continue. You'd never know. We'll never know what would have, what would have done to the result. But Aaron's own, I think, overall deserved it. They had in Owen Boogie. A hurler, a serious hurler, serious young hurler. But again, as I said, maybe we shouldn't be putting too much pressure on young hurlers at this stage. That minor B quarter final is still going on, and uh, I think it's fair to say that Dunhamagan are going to make the semi finals. They're winning that game impressively against uh, Rory in the Steag. 24 minutes into the second half, it is Dunhamagan, three goals and 23 points. It's 32 points. Rory in the Steag, one goal and seven points. That is 10 points. So clearly, Dunhamagan on their way to a B semi final. And as I told you earlier, the other quarter, another quarter final play today took extra time to separate teams. It was Tullerone, 222, that's 28 points. And it was St. Martin's, 27 points. So Tullerone are through to the semi final. We'll take our second break. The Voice of the Black and Amber, Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Chadwick's sponsoring the Sunday evening Talksport on CRKC 88.7 FM. Yes, you're very welcome back to Talksport, and at this time we always make touch with John Corrigan because lots of happening on the local soccer scene. John? That's right, Nick. Uh, most of it was Leinster Junior Cup today. A uh, rather good day for Kenny. We had Bridge United beat Allenwood Celtic 3 0. Ivy Athletic lost out 5 1 to Ballyfermot United. Allen United got a walkover. Dean Celtic lost out to their near neighbours, Cressyard, 3-1. New Park had one all draw with Leith United, unfortunately, they were beaten 5-4 on penalties. Uh, Fort Rangers, great 5-0 win over in Escorty Town. Three Boothers went to Mountview in Dublin and won 6-2. Evergreen went to Ashford in Wicklow and won 7-1. Thomastown went to Kildare to Nace and they won 7-3. And St. Canis's went to Dublin to play Phoenix. FC and Canisters won 3-2 and in our own local division 3 Evergreen 46-1 Newpark B3 and St. John's 2 Tullerone 1 that's what I was playing Nicky OK John thanks very much for that okay. appreciate okay. that okay. thank you John okay. Yeah. OK we'll uh, have Seamus Brophy on the phone in a couple of minutes we're just checking on some uh, games coming up I see that the uh, junior section B league final between James Stevens and Dixborough that will take place in the MW Hearst Centre in Dunmore at half seven on next Friday night next Saturday morning a game we certainly will be attending is the under 15A hurling championship final it, down in the MW Hearst Centre it's at 11 o'clock next Saturday morning and that will involve O'Loughlin Gales and uh, James Stevens. There's lots of other games in under 15 at C and B levels taking place as well. 
in the uh, senior hurling uh, league. I see where Aaron's own are down to play Mullen Vat. That's in Thomastown at half one. Um, and obviously there's a number of games in the whole junior hurling championship I didn't see that uh, other game between Roaring Sieg and Bennisbridge fixed down there yet and on Sunday um, there's uh, more junior matches more under 15 games and of course the intermediate championship the last round takes place all games at half two you have Fenians and St Lacton's in Ballyragget Connie Shamrocks and Thomastown is in St John's Park Young Ireland's and St Martin's is in Clara Carrick Shock and Dan's Fort is in Park Seamus Stevon. Glenmore and O'Loughlin Gales is in Park Nishamroga. And John Locks and Dunamagan is in um, Piltown. So we'll be having people at all of those games. Liam, when I'm getting uh, Seamus Brophy on the phone, that minor game between um, uh, James Stevens and uh, Dixborough, I suppose it was always Dixborough were going to be the favourites, but uh, a great first half by James Stevens, mm. but they just ran out of steam. Yeah, no, and I was just listening to the reports yesterday. James Stevens probably the better side in the first half, having the better of the possession and making the better use of the chances. Just in the second half, then Dixborough made them pay, and you know it's it, it's a really good sign from a borough point of view that they're producing such talented um, players at that age grade. I know in the past number of years they've been accused of having really strong minor and underage teams, and then that's not coming to fruition come senior time. Um, I suppose then their their seniors were in action today against O'Loughlin and Gales. We ju- we heard from Kieran earlier in the program, two seventeen to one fourteen. They lost to O'Loughlin's and they'll be wondering how they did lose to it because for a good 45 minutes they were it was neck and neck between the sides nothing in it but just a strong O'Loughlin Gales finish saw them get over the line and the last thing I'll say on it is this thing with Paddy Egan has to stop it's it's you know he's always selected to play wing back on the programme but he's always a forward it's the worst kept secret in hurling and it just has to stop <laughs> I lost count of the number of chances and balls that went into him that he couldn't get the touch right the catch right it, it just doesn't suit him at all so put Paddy, Paddy back to where he rightfully belongs please well, we should say by the way that we should say, by the way, that Liam Kelly Rook is in a position to comment on this because he was doing commentary on the uh, county board uh, streaming service. Today. Thanks for boosting he's, my portfolio. He's gone very important here now. He uh, declines <laughs> offers in here in the station. He, uh, Pat struggles to get him to do some things here now. He goes up to streaming service and all of that. <laughs> Seamus Brophy, there was horse race today down in this stall. Tell us all about it. Uh, the first of uh, seven days of racing in Listowel, traditionally known as the Harvest Festival. And Dunhamagan man Ray Cody was the first one to put a score on the board in the 130. Three year old maiden hurdle. First home number four, Bellix won four to one. Second number one, Realist 130. And third was number 11, Calvados at 13 to two. Uh, owned by his wife Gillian, the uh, winner was sourced from the broodmare from the Tissel Bloodstock in Seven Houses. The two o'clock, Mayor's only hurdle. First number one, French Maid, 13 to 8 favourite. Second number 10, Say Goodbye, 11 to 2. And third was No Memory at 100 to 1. And that was the first of three winners on the afternoon's card for Willie Mullins and Paul Townsend. The 230, which was Division 1 of a handicap hurdle over 2 mile 4. First number 10, Killashi, 9 to 2. Second number 7, Outlier, 7 to 2. And third, number six, Shisam Dahl at 5-1. to one. John Ryan from Templemore training the winner there and Shane Fitzgerald in the plate. The three o'clock, the second division of that handicap hurdle. First, number three, Butterfly Bespier, 3-1 to one favourite. Second, number 11, Faraway Bay, 7-1. to one. And third, number 17, Influ- Influential Lady at 66-1. to one. Monastery Evan trainer, Peter Fahey, and J.P. O'Sullivan joining up there. 
the 3.30, which was a maiden hurdle, and the second strike on the board for William Paul. First number four, Captain Kangaroo, 6-5 to five favourite. Second number two, Bike Dat, 50-1. to one. And third was number three, Achy Breaking Heart, at 50-1. to one. The four o'clock, uh, Novice uh, Chase. First number two, Coach Carter, 14-1. to one. Second number three, Gervais, 7-2. And third number six, Presenting Well, at 28-1. to one. Second winner back for Davy Russell, and his retainer, Gordon Elliott. Four o'clock, a three-horse race. This one resulted in a victory for easy game at six to four, seven favourite, and that was the third leg of a treble for the uh, Lachlan Bridge man. And the five o'clock, the final race on day one was an amateur uh, bumper. First number five, Johnny Cigar at 18 to one. Second number 11, Tempo Chapter two, eight to eleven favourite. And third, number 14, Diamonds in the Mud, at 14 to 1. P.F. O'Donnell and Maxine O'Sullivan teaming up. That was it today, Nikki. the race for the next six days. And uh, just to say, on the Greyhound front, well done to Peter Cronin. Uh, he picked up 7,500 for finishing fifth in the Boyle Sports Derby final last night. And the best of luck to the six finalists on next Friday night in the A1 Derby, sponsored by Jag Services and the Kilkenny Greyhound Breeders. And we'll be talking to track manager Tom Kinnan during the week, previewing next Friday night's final. Very good, Seamus. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. OK, well, let's, uh, we said we'd go back to Pat Tracy because he was having a soft spot for St. Brendan's of Archfair today. He was hoping that they'd defeat the other side of the parish, Kilmiley, in the county final down in Kerry today. We all know Pat's uh, strong connections. He is a former, a former club hurler in Kerry. We will just say that again, Pat Tracy. And uh, medal winner as well. I can I'm well aware of all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. lucky Despite we can't. Despite your scoreless it's remarks, looked, it's just as well we, <laughs> the GA can't retrospectively suspend people or take medals off of them. Is it Kerry or Kilkenny where you're, there's a bit of controversy around right. your allegiances and playing for clubs? Isn't that all the talk on our sports programs, whether it's all legal? What? I don't know what <laughs> Nicky Brennan to be talking about because yeah. it's just a no. I was just uh, asking some, for some, clarification. Some on fantasy of his imagination somewhere <laughs> along the way. Well, anyway, anyway Kilmiley, Kilmiley, Kilmiley look are sort of standard bearers down there, apart from Balladuff themselves. Uh, Balladuff were the won the All Ireland for Kerry many many years ago, and um, Balladuff is uh, seen as uh, one of the main places down there. And and the way it is in in, in Kerry, it seems that near. Nearly all the parishes have have two teams because Ballyduff and Causeway are in the one parish and Kilmiley and Ardfert are another parish and I think Abidorney and Crossa are the one parish as well. So, uh, but uh, you know, Ardfert have ne- never beaten uh, Kilmiley in the in the championship down there and uh, Kilmiley have been very good now in the last ten years. They've won a good few good few championships yep. and uh, you know Ardfert uh, have uh, haven't won one with a while and uh, it's just coming up against their bogey team in the, in a county final is always tough but anyway you know uh, Christy Welsh will be happy again that uh, the green and gold the, well the green with the gold sash were winners again yeah let's hope now we can bring some of that winning feeling to another club that's in the moment at the moment that's yes. the important thing now Patrice I know you know the next person I'm going to talk about young Kelly O'Rourke is only a boy still he might know much about the late Jimmy Greaves so might, you might educate him about the prowess <laughs> that he was in front of goal 
<laughs> yeah, well, Jimmy Greaves was um, master in front of goal, and of course, the big talking point in the 1966 World Cup was Jimmy Greaves being dropped by Sir Alf Ramsey, and uh, that was the thing uh, uh, that uh, Jeff Hurst, I think, took his place actually, and Jeff Hurst scored a hat trick in the the World Cup final. But Jimmy Greaves was just one of those uh, scoring machines, one of the one of the all time greats as far as uh, goal scoring was concerned. Um, but is it Saint and Greavesy? That's him. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah, 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 yeah. World Cup in the Former 1980s. Yeah, well, the great, uh, the great, um, I suppose, connection I had with Jimmy Greaves was that uh, I spoke to, <laughs> spoke to Jack Charlton. Uh, he was here in 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 Kilkenny night before the 1994 World Cup. He opened Sherwoods and he was came in by helicopter and the whole lot. And I, I had to do an interview with him, and I suggest uh, Jimmy Greaves said that he thought Ireland were were. Um, maybe getting a bit long in the tooth and that they might make as big an impression as in 1990 you see you know so I just said that to Jack that Jimmy Greaves had said this and he just hesitated he gave, me, gave a look at me that it have you but then he said Jimmy what would he know yeah. <laughs> so yeah well he uh, he scored 44 goals and 57 games for England and that's a fair old record when you compare yeah. it to to that ratio of comparison to what's happening today. Yeah, well, uh, I suppose um, what's his name? Uh, Bobby Charlton had the, the record of 49 in uh, sort of 100 caps. So uh, I know Bobby Charlton was more of a midfielder than a, a striker, but he had the, the record of uh, England's uh, goals for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, But uh, Jimmy Greaves was the same era, so he'll tell you his scoring rate at the time. Pat, before we wrap up this evening, just um, what are you taking from the weekend's uh, senior game results? Uh, I suppose the obvious one to come out of it is the Shamrocks are back in road good health, even without three of the Mullins. Yeah, they were pretty ruthless, uh, you'd say, and uh, that uh, the, again they put on this scoring spree. Um, look, uh, they'll be, they, they might be tougher days ahead for them uh, uh, as far as games are concerned and all that, but. Um, it's uh, I, they're the team to beat you'd still say they're the team to beat but I still think the championship uh, is maybe a little more open than, than than a lot of people might think What do you think Liam? Um, well the, the Shamrocks result is the one that stood out I mean I'll hold my hands up and I'll admit that I thought Tullerone would uh, get the better of them and how wrong could you be uh, Shamrocks really really impressive based on that performance I t- I still think it's the Shamrocks and then there's a bit of a gap between them and maybe the three city teams they, they, they show like I mean for all the talk about them being so poor in the league they put in a 15 minutes against Bennis Bridge that I've never seen in Club Ireland before it, it was scary mm. so the fact that they're able to reach those heights means that they, they have a way of tying with teams where they can be out of a game or look like they're out of a game for 50, 55 60 minutes and then when they need to turn around again when they're a point down they can just notch it up a gear so yeah I think a team that uh, we should be starting to talk about now is Clara yeah very uh, yeah the only little thing I'll say about Clara is they've scored uh, a rake of points in their three games and there's uh, maybe one goal or so mm. the, the, the goal great chances either yeah but uh, they're, they're, they are scoring highly you see that's that's the, what's separating them? I'm, I, I'm, I'd be interested to see how Bennis Bridge get on now. They're, they're sort of through, if you like, and um, they'll be playing the Roaring Steak. The only thing about is that that nine goals against is a big worry for for Bennis Bridge. Uh, they are a team that are able to score a bit. Okay, lads. Well, uh, we're coming to the end of the program now. Thanks to all our contributors there for covering all our matches. We have uh, six 
I see at the intermediate games cover next weekend two senior games and under 15 county final and we have a, a, a senior a junior section B league final so lots of action there'll be lots of other sports as well rugby still up and at it hockey getting back in action Lehman has athletics as well so whatever your sport is if you want it covered always get in touch with us here in case we're missing you out at any stage it's never our intention This the airwaves are open to every sport in here so thanks to the lads for helping me this evening until next Sunday evening's talk sport wait for Joe Berrigan or Joe Berrigan says I Joe uh, Burden next and with Country and Irish until Sunday next Slagos Bannock